Coming up on the Broke at 40 podcast, we're going to be talking about is $2 million enough to retire? Coming up next. Hey, before we start our episode, always remember if you don't want to be broke at 40 like I was, or if you are broke at 40, stay tuned on a weekly basis where I explore the basics of personal finance and more importantly, the behaviors that can bring you from broke to brilliance, whatever you think brilliance may be. And as always, this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult with a financial advisor if necessary. My name is Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast. Hi everyone, it's Evan here. It is Sunday, April 10th, I believe, and this is going to be a very short episode of me talking through an article that I'm reading by Eric Reed of Smart Asset, and it says, how much interest does two million pay monthly? And it got me thinking about you, about my Broke at 40 listeners, that as you go through your life and your saving and investing, you're probably even trying to get to one million. So who can possibly get to $2 million if they started late in life like I did at age 40 and I was completely broke? So anyway, you know the drill. <laughs> um, but before we get started, I did wanna just mention that I'm on my phone. I'm not in my studio producing an episode today because I told you last week I'm in the middle of a condo redesign and when I get involved in a project, it's pretty much full force. And I wanted to share with you that, you know, last week I said that the white paint that I put up on the walls was looking like primer, but now I think I like it. So it goes to show you, if you just give yourself time to adjust to something, whether it be in your personal life, like, you know, redesigning your space and or saving and, and investing, give yourself that time to think about your changes and how they can benefit you because you'll probably come around and things might not be as difficult or as challenging as you think, especially if you cut back on your spending or you're saving more to invest for your future. Yeah, I think it's worth the challenge to at least put yourself out there and it could could be easier than you actually think. So this episode is going to be dedicated again to this article that I'm reading right now, pretty much for the first time as I'm recording this. And it said, how much interest does $2 million pay monthly? And it's talking about for older Americans. It says, living off of the interest and returns of your retirement account is how retirement is structured, obviously. Um, this is going to be a reaction episode. Um, it says, the goal is that by the... By the time that you hit your late 60s, unless you want to retire early, like I do, um, it says you will ideally have enough saved up to coast indefinitely. I'm not sure what he means by coasting indefinitely. I guess it means living off the engine that you created. And it says for younger Americans, the goal is to build up enough of the nest egg to retire early. But building up that kind of nest egg isn't easy, it says. And when thinking about how much money you will still need to get there, you may be asking, is $2 million enough? And can you live off the returns of a $2 million account? So let me pause here for just a moment. Um, he goes on to say the answer is yes, if you're smart about it. 
and here's what you need to know. So let me get into the need to know here in just a minute, but yeah, you guys know if you are super frugal and you adjust your lifestyle and your spending, you do not need millions of dollars in a nest egg to generate income. So as I always talk about on this podcast, it is your goal or should be your goal to get your expenses as low as they can possibly be. That doesn't mean you can't go out and spend money on certain things that you want to do from time to time, but your living expenses should be as low as they possibly can be, the bare minimum, so that you could retire earlier rather than later because you just never know what's going to happen. So the article goes on and says how to live off of interest. It says the first thing to understand is how you live off of interest or how you can live off of interest. When we talk about living off of interest payments, we're referring to what's called passive income. This means that your various assets will generate money on their own to provide your monthly income and you don't supplement or you don't have to supplement your income with other work, ideally it says. You also don't need to draw down on the core principle. You can do so, of course. For example, it says, for someone who took 75,000 per year out of their two million account could coast for almost 25 years before the account ran dry. But when we talk about living off of interest, we're trying to decide if you can live indefinitely. This means that you don't touch the principal, only the interest in returns. Well, let me just pause here for a minute before I go on here to step number one. That seems kind of silly. I mean, yes, I've told, I've shared with you guys before that my goal would be to live off of interest because it's kind of cool to think, could I possibly do that? But if you do retire with a nest egg of at least a million, million and a half, I don't think it could be done with 500,000 or anything lower than that. But when you get up into a million or a million and a half and more, then yeah, possibly you could live off of the interest in really good years. And that would be the goal. But there's going to be bad years as he's going to talk about here in this article coming up. And so that doesn't have to be the end goal, though, I guess. Um, If you are single or you're a couple Maybe you have children, maybe you don't. Maybe you want to leave a legacy to your children. If you don't have children, then you you don't have to worry about any type of a legacy or leaving money to anybody. So as you get older, yes, you can, you know, go into principle. Like, for example, if I retire with a million, you know, a million, 1.1 or whatever it's going to be, and I live another 30 or 40 years, I don't think I'd have to have millions of dollars when I'm 90, so that's a balancing act, but it's an, it's an inter- interesting principle in and of itself. But it says, step number one, how much money do you need? It says, to figure out if you can live off the interest of an account, the first step is understanding your own expenses. To put it another way, first you need to know how much money you'll need each month. Then you can figure out what kind of savings you can you would need to get there. So we, we know all this, so I'm not going to go through all of those details. Um, He's going on to say that the best thing is to focus on debt. Nothing can erode your ability to out-earn your expenses faster than fixed monthly overhead of credit card, student loans, and other forms of interest-bearing loans. So true. So it says pay off those as quickly as you can. 
Um, it does go on to say that, of course, Social Security, as we know, I'm going to have Social Security, maybe not the full dollar amount, but I'm anticipating that. And with Vanguard, you know that I told them exactly what my you know, income would be per month if I take Social Security at 62, 67, or 70. So I have choices within the next several years to take that or not, right, when I get to 62. So I have choices. Um, I may not need to, but it's there to supplement income and not really to add to your income. At least that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to have it offset my income. So if I need, let's say, 32000 as my starting point, adjusted for inflation as we go, once I take Social Security, I want that to offset, meaning you take that first to get to the 32, which means you need, obviously, a much lesser percentage off of the money that you do have. So my 3% withdrawal could go down to 1.5. I think that's a very smart move for people that are retiring with less than, you know, several million dollars. Rather than adding two, it's helping to subsidize. Um, you know, he goes on in this article, again, to kind of think about wrapping up this episode about his thought process here is, you know, he, it's, it's, the article is talking about, you know, for maybe the average person that has average expenses, but in the financial independent community, most of us, myself included, are living well below our means. So we are an anomaly. So you have to take that into consideration. When you ever read any articles that talk about the fact that, you know, you may need $2 million, you'd really have to stop and read the article and, and listen to what he's saying. He goes on in this article to say that you know, if you invested in the savings account, you would get X amount interest back, which is nothing. If you put it into CDs, it might be a little bit more. But if you put that $2 million, if you get to a $2 million by the time you retire, is what he's implying here, is that that would possibly generate through the S&P 500 over multiple years, as we know, right? Not every year, because a recession could be coming. I'm going to be talking about that more in future episodes. That's what some articles are saying, which I told you recently and discussed it with you recently. I just now recently read an article that says by the end of 2023, we could go into recession. So who knows what's going to happen, but it's got to be looming. It's got to happen eventually, this bull market that's been, go that's been going on <laughs> for so many years. But what he says in this article is that if you have the $2 million and the stock market returns average of 10% per year, again, not every year, but on average, over the course of time, that's about $200,000 per year. What he's saying is keep your expenses down. You don't need 200000 You take 100000 instead, and you take the other 100000 and you build up an emergency fund. Not just an emergency fund, but he called it something, I forget. What, what did he call it? A war front type account or something. So if we do go into a serious bear market that lasts multiple years, he's saying take that additional money that your money is earning in the first few years of your retirement, if you're lucky that you're in the bull part of those early years, like we always talk about the um, sequence of return risk, 
And he says, you know, fund up, F-U-N-D, fund up this account to get you through those difficult periods, which is exactly what you guys know I'm trying to do over the course of 2022 by taking money that I was putting in to my 401k and maxing that out for over a decade. And now, I mean, you guys have no idea how much money I'm taking from my checking account and popping it into my Ally Savings account. Once a month, it's like $4,000. I never had that much liquid cash that I was putting into a savings account. It was just automatically going into my investments through dollar cost averaging, automatic, you know, taking out of my check and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, this is a different mindset for me because I'm trying to do what this guy is saying in this article, which as you know, which I've shared with you is that my comfort level to get through 2022 and now maybe even 2023, if I continue to work is almost preparing me then for the downturn of if we go into recession in 2023. So that's my new thought process as we move forward. I haven't quite made a decision if I'm going to retire in December of 2022. Things, as I've told you, are going better in my job. I'm feeling good as long as they still want me. (laughs) All those kinds of things. We're not going to be traveling as much as we were. I need to ride this wave, continue to do a good job, and I want you guys to continue to do a good job as well with whatever company you're with. We've talked about this before. If we're going to go into a recession, you need to be the best employee for your organization. You need them to think that you are one of the best employees of that organization. Because when difficult times come and when companies, I'm not saying my company is going to do this, but if they could, but if other companies start to reduce force, if, if they go into a reduction of force and layoffs are pending or looming, You don't want to be the person that they go to if we go into a recession. So think about that as you go through 2022. I'm going to be wrapping up this episode here today. Again, so sorry to get this out a little bit late today, but yeah, my condo redesign efforts are, you know, I'm halfway done. Um, To anchor back to what I said in the first part of this episode is, You know, challenge yourself whenever you're forced with making decisions, whether it be something in your personal life or with money. You know, continue. If you're struggling right now, like many people are, with building your budget, getting your, you know, savings going, getting your expenses down, don't give up. We're coming in to the middle of April. We'll be going into May. The, the years just continue to go on. And so you need to be very forward thinking, you know, with what you're doing each and every year to get to where you want to be. So with that, everybody, I'm going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to leave you like I always leave you. I want you to make it your mission to walk with me to wealth. You guys know I appreciate you. I believe in you. And I congratulate you for every step of the way. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Alrighty, that's going to do it for another episode, everybody. Hey, I've got a favor. 
If you've got a friend that's struggling financially at any age, please share this episode with them. Let them know that I went from broke to a million dollar net worth in just about 14 years. And if I can do it, anybody can. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. What do I always say? It's okay to be broke at 40. It really is, but not at 50 or 55 now that you found us. You can change your financial destiny. I'm Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast.